Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. 512 Ric Flair. Woo! Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Yes, the crew is here. But, of course, it is a truncated, abbreviated edition of Ball Don't Lie because we're celebrating a dub. Texas baseball getting it done. We'll talk about that. We'll get hardballs comments about it as well. We'll also get into some other news, notes, and nuggets from around the sports world. We got some NFL talk. Apparently in H-Town, they believe DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. We'll get into that as well. We'll also throw in a little Cowboys discussion, some uh, news, notes, and nuggets from their OTAs. And of course, yes, we will review game one of the NBA Finals, the Denver Nuggets putting the old biblical-style butt-whipping on the Miami Heat. All of that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hard, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, man? Man, I'm so happy that it's Friday, and I'm so happy that the Horns got that victory. Ooh. I know it's a short show, so we'll get right into it. Let me talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the Gid down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. Appreciate the intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, we're pretty damn sure that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? There we go. I'm trying to get all everything set. I know. We're good. We're good. A lot going on. I apologize. I shouldn't even put back hey, on the you spot. Go, you good. You good. You're doing like four or five different things We're getting running. We're getting running. Uh, yeah, all yeah. right. We don't have much time. Uh, so first, I want to get into your thoughts about Texas baseball and their big win over the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, also, I will get into game one of the NBA Finals and review that. So obviously a short show, uh, but glad we could bring you just a little bit of ball. Don't lie today. Specs text on wide open for you. 512-337-377. Six. All right, Harch, let's get into it. Let's talk Texas baseball. Big win over the Raging Cajuns uh, and a little drama there, too. I like it. Uh, yep. Raging Cajuns uh, did not make it easy, but the Longhorns came up clutch when it mattered most. And somebody you've been bragging on for a long time. And, and now Longhorn fans, of course, know Dylan Campbell and know what he's done. But man, he might become more of a household name outside 
of Longhorn Nation with what he's done already his postseason. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of a way to start for the young man. Yeah, I'm so excited for him and his family and what he's gone through here at the University of Texas, the time, the effort that he's put into it. But, you know, he, he he's a, a smooth operator. And what man. I mean by that is you never know if he's 0 for 7 or 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 has this 36 game 37 game hit streak that he's now broken the record here for the, oh, uh, the Big 12 of yeah, the, Big 12, the Big 12 Big 12 record, record. so congratulations man. to that young man sure. I mean it's so amazing to watch him go about his work because I remember last year there was a ball that he hit on the infield and it was a pop up he didn't run out of the box and he actually got benched and I told Craig while wow. I was cuz I was actually on air with Craig and I said, Coach Pierce is not going to send him back out there. And he was like, you think? And I was like, I know, because I could see it. Mm. And I, I know how this whole thing goes because it's, mm. it's, it's more about how you carry yourself as a player as opposed to what happens on the field, yes, right? So no there's a lot that yeah. goes into it. So I went down and I just happened, you know, there was a victory, so I got a chance to do the interview. But I saw the conversation going on in the dugout, mm. and I told Craig, and I was like, it's a learning experience. He's going to get right back out there, and he's going to be ready to go. Not only has he gone out there and played well, he just became the all-time uh, consecutive game hit streak. He got a hitting streak, and he became yeah. that guy in the Big 12. But not only that, we've talked about his defense Man, all year. Bad play. Probably the, he plays a oh. very, very shallow right field. Very shallow. He cuts the ball off. He throws guys out. We had Danny Davis on the other day. He talked about his defense and what he means for this team. But we got a chance to see him go airborne today. That was airborne. A, has there been a has there been a better defensive play this year for Texas baseball? In your I opinion, I don't think there's been a bigger uh, defensive play in baseball <laughs> this year. It's definitely going to make the sport sit in top ten. And if it's not number one, something's wrong because it wasn't yeah. just a diving catch; it was an elevated dive, laying out football type of I know, play. I was going worried he hurt himself. Right? That's why I knock on wood. I was worried he hurt himself because he just. Yes. It was like a reckless abandon. The Absolutely. body did not matter at that point, and he laid out, and usually that shoulder was exposed. Yes. Normally you can pop that out of place, but he got right back oh, up, man. and then he comes up in his next at-bat and hits the ball off the wall and drives in two runs, and it was just – I mean, drives in a run. That's the beautiful part about it because he plays the game of baseball. I know that we can talk about Eric Kennedy saving that, that three-run home run. One. That was a great call a great by my man Craig Way. Both of those plays – by Craig Way were outstanding. But when you look at this team and what we talked about last week, you know, they mm-hmm. needed to shorten it up. They needed to make some plays at the plate. They needed to do some situational things. They got out of their way and and had an error. Jack O'Dell let the ball go through his legs. That's very unexpected. But Lucas Gordon being able to go out on that mound, compete, get eight strikeouts, no walks, no walks, actually picked off a guy at first base but he got it. He, he was going on first move. He got there. But that just goes to show what I was talking about, about the running game for for Louisiana. Yeah, if you put that lefty on the mound, it kind of slows their running game down because you can't just take off when you want to. You got to make sure you got the right read and all that. So I thought this was a huge win for the Texas Longhorns. Timing is everything. And for them to have um, – uh, Lucas Gordon be able to go as long as he was, and then Zane Morehouse. I talked about this the other day. We're the only worries that we truly have is what's going to happen in the back of the bullpen, and yeah. for Zane Morehouse to be the only one that goes into the game and closes it out in two innings, that's huge for the Texas Longhorns as they try to figure out what's going to happen in the long run 
in this regional. Yeah, uh, with a uh, 4-2 win uh, for Texas uh, over the Raging Cajun. Is it possible that both Eric Kennedy's catch and Dylan Campbell's catch can make the top 10? 100%. Can they both make it? They can both make it. All right. There's got to be some other things that Eric look Kennedy outstanding was, because that's a game saver. It was. The Eric Kennedy won actually, yeah, because he Saved took three, three runs, runs on the board. Yes. It was more impactful. The, the, the Dylan Campbell one was just so spectacular. It was very spectacular, it was but a, it also yeah. helps because the next batter hits a ball off the wall. Yeah, you're right. They scored. The, the next batter hits yeah. a double off hits the wall. Off the wall. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that that saves a run right there, too. So we have two different plays that end up being set up in another because Eric Kennedy's ended the inning. So that was outstanding. It was. That was outstanding. It, it, honestly, he has looked so nonchalant. Exactly. He should have exerted himself more. Right? It looked so yeah. it, it looked so smooth. I thought it went over the wall. Right. He was I like, ah. Because like, oh. he did. He just did it. And it was like, no big deal. You see it with Dilly Cavity. He like stayed on the ground a little bit. And then, uh, he grimaced over. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of then, surprised. Looked in the glove. It was very dramatic. Looked yeah. in the glove. Surprised. Oh, I got, I, oh, I I got this. I got this. I can't wait to see it tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, but, had the, you had the runner coming around second, like going to the ump going, he that he didn't catch that, he right? Didn't, really yeah. didn't catch I'm that, going right. for three, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that was the Eric Kennedy one. He was just too smooth. Yeah. That was his problem. I agree. You need to you gotta learn how to play it better, man. You gotta play it up a little bit better. But they both couldn't end up being top ten plays. They definitely were uh worthy of it, in my opinion. But uh Texas baseball, great win, four two over the Raging Cajuns. Now we uh wait to see exactly what happens next uh for the Longhorns. And I know there are some people paying attention out on the West Coast to what the Aggies are doing because there's already talk that if the Aggies take care of business and the Longhorns continue to win, that both of them in the Super yeah. Regional, we could see the rivalry renewed. Yeah, we sure can. Uh, so, uh, but I don't want to jinx it, so we won't get into that. We'll save that. We'll table that discussion for later on. But congrats to Texas baseball. That is a uh, hell of a win. And it was a team win. I mean, no you, doubt. Probably four, three, four, five different guys who came up clutch for them when they needed it. Otherwise, if they, if it, it missed if any of those efforts uh, are lacking, they don't get the they dub. They do here. not get the dub. Yeah, and it's a mean? total team effort it was a team all effort. the way around because yeah. you look at the very beginning of the game and how it started, wasn't very good, didn't get no hits. You got to go out there, you move on, you're trying to figure out what's going on with them, and you're not looking sharp at the plate. But then they end up figuring it out, got some line drives, putting the ball in play, cutting the strikeouts down. They only struck out eight times this game. Still a little bit high, and they only got four walks, but they put pressure on them. They put the ball in play. Their pitch started out pretty good. Yeah, oh, he was dialed in. He was dialed in. He was dialed in. Texas just warmed down. And then all of a sudden, he got a little too excited, and my boy Mitchell Daly said, let me reintroduce myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He stretched like out on him. Uh, all right. So we'll come back. We'll get into uh, game one of the NBA Finals. We'll review that when we come back on the other side. Uh, a truncated edition of Ball Don't Lie. We'll come right back right here on 104 on the Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I've been caught feeling like a fish out of the water. Baby, Lord, I swear, ain't nothing in this world that's harder. 
That means my man Patrick's playing jam from local bands and artists, very talented human beings, who you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Brody Lane, and they are playing Saturday night at Saxon Pub. Hey, I know those guys. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Yep, yep. Big fans. Big fans of Brody Lane. Like that. Uh, all right, uh, we'll continue with a 512 Friday, even though it's a short, abbreviated edition of Ball Don't Lie on 512 Friday. Let's talk briefly, and we'll continue this discussion on the other side uh, about game one of the NBA Finals. Nuggets with a 104-93 win. Yeah, they covered. I think that number was nine. It was a big number. It, it was. Plus. And the over-under, of course, Did is they? always mm. the under Man. when both of these teams are coming off of rusty, uh, long. You true. know, you shoot, it was tw- It was 219. Hmm, it didn't yeah. even get to 200. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's crazy. 219. Yeah. Vegas is rarely that way off. Like yeah. that. Um, but anyway, yo, 104 to 93. It, it, and I know the series is far from over, but that game one, that rust factor that people kept bringing up, uh, that was not really uh, an issue. No. For the Denver Nuggets. No. How about this stat, guys? Uh, the Nuggets led the entire game except for 34 seconds. That is dominant. The game was only within single digits for 23 seconds. They, their, their, their lead was only within single digits for 23 seconds. It's crazy. That is straight dominance, and that's they the just, way that we ex- – we, I don't know if we expected it to be at that level. Well, we definitely expected Denver to be that team that was going to be ready to play. I mean, the way that they moved the basketball, and we could talk about uh, the passes that were being made, the assists that were being made, but at the end of it all, they played – team basketball there's no nobody that's sitting there thinking that they're better than the next guy because they understand that when we play as a team we can make things happen they did because the start remember the start Jokic went a while he didn't shoot he didn't shoot yeah because he doesn't need to yeah it was great I was like oh you mean the best player they went all the way midway through the first quarter and the best player on either team hasn't taken a shot and they still had I believe close to a double digit lead at the time yes but this is the one it kills me because this was Miami's game to win They, they played good enough defense Denver did not play a good second half you held them to 104 points and you just shot Horribly awful. Caleb Martin was one for seven. Mm. Max Struess was zero for ten. Duncan Robinson one for six. Like that's you can't have that many guys just be terrible, awful. I mean, Jimmy Butler only had thirteen points on fourteen field goal attempts. Like (laughs) basically everybody, everybody (laughs) shot poorly in that game. And you go, one of those guys plays well, you win that game. And I get that it doesn't seem like that, but again. This is a game where I said yesterday, all that Miami needs is a good third quarter. You brought they the had Lakers a good series. second half. You brought the Lakers series and how they kept it close because yeah. they were playing good defense. They just couldn't score enough. Yeah, and that <laughs> was it. And they did it. They got them there, but they put up 93 points in the game. You're, again, you're not going to win any playoff games at 93 points, really. Not You're not going to win a finals game at 93 points in today's NBA. So uh, th- I think the defense worked. You were, able to, you were able to play a really good second half. But you just could not hit shots when you needed to. Yep. And that's going to be something that they have to figure out if it was the elevation for these younger guys, that they just weren't up for it. If it's they're just worn out because they've been playing hard now for three series to get where they're at. I can see that. Uh, but you have to figure out something to be like, look, man, you got we got a few games left. And it's less if you guys don't want to play. Right. <laughs> but you guys need to just find that, that third, fifth, 
12th reserve tank of energy and try and get out there and just get a little bit more legs and hit some of these shots because they played the defense. They played it to get it to 104, and they were able to slow them down. And, and part of Jokic not taking a shot is to go, okay, we're, we're defending Jokic to where he, we're letting him find other guys, but we want him to find other guys. You want him distributed. Because we want to push. Yeah. We want to get the ball to the lowest percentage shooter on the court and let them try and beat us because that's our best shot to win because if we let the, the highest percentage guy, even if we defend him well, he's still going to outscore probably Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. shooting threes. Yeah. yeah. You got to figure out. Uh, on possession by possession, when do you want to make or try to force Jokic to be a distributor, and when can you afford to have him as a scorer? Um, Based possession by possession. But Bam Adebayo, he did try to match the energy. I'll give him that. Yep. I mean, he was active. He tried to show up. Oh, yeah. 26 points, 13 rebounds. He had five assists. He tried to match the energy, uh, but Jokic with it missed a triple-double. Uh, yeah. 27 mm. points, yeah. 14 assists, most by center in finals history. He surpassed Bill Russell and 10 rebounds. And, guys, another stat that stood out, uh, Miami attempted just two free throws. Yeah. Uh, that was the fewest by any team in any playoff game in any in NBA history. Yes. Not just finals, in NBA history. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. And, and Whose that fault is that? Ref or their fault? No, that's their fault. That's 100% theirs. Because they kept shooting threes. Yeah. And, when and they, they, they kept falling. pulling mid-ranges where nobody was even close to them half the time. Mm. Jamal Murray hit two threes. He scored 26 points. Michael Porter Jr. went two for 11, scored 14 points. Yeah, because Denver wasn't great for three-point That's range. what I'm saying. They still <laughs> missed, but they got points because they drove to the basket at points and went, okay, well done. Aaron Gordon only shot one three, missed it. He still got... He still gets 16 points because they were attacking the basket, which means you're either going to get fouled or you're going to get a shot up. So they at least changed up and went, all right, our threes aren't falling. we got to change what we do. And Miami just kept shooting threes, and they kept missing threes. Live by the three, die by the three. They were definitely dying because you said it. They were the hottest three-point shooting team in the playoffs going into the finals. I just wondered if it was sustainable. Yep. At least for game one. It was not, not sustainable. Not. They did not. But that was that's their worst three point shooting performance of the playoffs. And honestly, it's got to be one of the worst of the season. Yeah. Their it worst was, shooting, I mean, and really, shooting wrong time to not be yeah, good. And in reality, performance. It, but they, they still they, shot 33%. It's not like it was the worst three point. I mean, there's just shooting of teams though. Just shooting overall. I should say shooting, not three point shooting. Shooting yeah. overall. Yeah. yeah. Shooting overall. It was pretty bad. And honestly, they kind of reverted back to what they were in the regular season. Very yeah, much so. Because they were a bad regular season offense. Yep. They were like the one of the worst offenses in the NBA. And, okay. and what yep. I tell you, we need to get Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler mad again. Yeah. Because this is this is not mad Jimmy Butler. This not. is double team pass out of it. Double team pass out of it. Oh, they're really trying to guard me hard. Pass out of it. Like just come on, man. I get Aaron Gordon's a good defender. I get KCP's a good defender. Just go at them, because at worst case scenario, they're gonna give you fouls. You should you should have shot an eight free throws in that game. He averages nine per game in the yeah. playoffs. Nine and free throws. And the team shot two. And he had yeah. That's yeah. You're right. Jimmy's being yeah. passive, and Jimmy, if Jimmy's passive, they're gonna lose. They're gonna get swept. Jimmy yeah. has to be aggressive. He has to go to that mental place where Patrick is trying to get him. But here's the deal. I mean, it was he sitting back because they normally win game one. They normally take it off their other teams first. They have, yes. They've been won it every series. That's been their trend. They've started with the win, so they try to steal that home court away from you, and then they go out there and Put play. Put the pressure on you. Now the pressure mm-hmm. is reverted back to them. I know everybody always says the series doesn't start until you win one on the road. They still have that opportunity, but do they have enough to keep up with the non-aggressive, passive sometimes, Jokic 
because the other complementary players show up. Oh yeah, Jokic. that's the other part of There's it. There's no pressure on Jokic. Zero. They're like it should be pressure. I'm like I have to. And perform he still in got this a triple moment. double. Yeah, exactly. Like in this moment, they they need me yeah. to do this. They need yes. me to, to spark the offense. They got to run through me. There's no pressure because his supporting cast, it, they are right now playing at a really really high. They level. understand it. So yeah, uh, okay. We'll come back. We'll, we'll continue to discuss uh, game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, also, I want to get into uh, some discussion about the NFL in H Town. There's a rumor and. They're getting excited about it, and it has to do with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we'll get into that report. Also, some Cowboys news notes and nuggets. Once again, Micah Parsons is trying to clarify his designation as a player. He should just leave it alone. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> We're coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.